Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Straight ahead on The Insiders, young people have been out there protesting to get politicians to act on climate change. Well, this week we talk with Democratic presidential candidate Bernie Sanders and ask what he is personally doing to minimize his harm on the environment. Plus, people have been spending, businesses have been hiring, or at least trying to hire. We're going to get a look at a new report that shows why it may be time to ask your boss for a nice raise for next year. And then the Insider's Quick Six. You ready for a convoy? What is it like to get behind the wheel in one of those big rigs? Welcome to the Insiders. Whether it's chemicals in the ground, plastics in the oceans, Warmer temperatures all across the world, there are numerous impacts that the science community is convinced where humans are harming the environment. Presidential candidate Bernie Sanders has made this a centerpiece of his time in Iowa this weekend. This is an enormously important issue. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and I are working on a Green New Deal, which will create up to 20 million good-paying jobs in America, as we invest in wind, where Iowa is already doing so well, we invest in biofuels, we invest in solar, we invest in retrofitting older buildings, in a new transportation system, we invest in a new infrastructure. So not only can we save the planet, we can create millions of good-paying jobs and lead the world in helping to make sure the planet we leave our kids and grandchildren is habitable. One of your former Democratic competitors, Kirsten Gillibrand, I remember when she traveled our state, uh, she has already basically made the decision she's not going to use plastic water bottles. What do you, on a personal level, what, it, what kind of changes have you made recently to your life in this broader uh, fight against climate change? Well, I try to drive a kind of energy-efficient car. Uh, my wife and I have put up solar panels uh, in our home. And by the way, <laughs> when you put up solar panels, you not only help combat climate change and not use fossil fuel, you save an enormous amount of money. And one of the things that we are going to do uh, in the White House is, a help, is to help working families all over this country make the initial payment to put up solar panels. And when you do that, your electric bill is going to go way, way down. And that investment will pay for itself, in, depending on your home, in seven or eight years. Uh, and we will make sure that Americans have the opportunity to do that and save money on their electric bills, as well as helping us uh, combat climate change. Senator, back in 2016, when, you, when we followed you around Iowa, and you were primarily, Martin O'Malley was in the race, of course, but Hillary Clinton was your primary opponent. You two were the best-known candidates in our state, especially as we got close to caucus. And for the most part, it was pretty easy to compare and contrast your big policy differences, right? They were very 
a lot of things were very, very obvious. As we fast forward to 2020, as Iowans are out there listening, you and in this time around Elizabeth Warren, some of the core values and beliefs seem to be pretty similar, right? You have, there are differences in, so, in one way or another. How, how do you see this playing out with the two of you and how do Iowans separate which, if they're on that progressive side of your party, how do they decide which one of you two to go for? Well, that's a good question. And I think the answer is uh, Elizabeth Warren is you know, a friend of mine and I'm not here to disparage her or any of the other Democratic candidates. We're all gonna come together, by the way, to do everything possible to defeat Trump. I hope I'm the candidate. Uh, but that's the way it is. Uh, I would ask Iowans and people all over this country to take a hard look at my record, not just for this campaign, not just this agenda, but look back for several decades. And what you will find is that there is no member of the United States Congress who has a stronger lifetime uh, record in defending the needs of working families, fighting for the environment, fighting for our kids, fighting for our senior citizens, and taking on virtually every special interest that there is out there, whether it's Wall Street, the insurance companies, the absolute greed of the pharmaceutical industry, which charges us the highest prices in the world. That is what I have been doing for my whole life. These ideas, Medicare for all, not a new idea for me. I've been believing in that for decades. So I think if people want somebody in the White House who has a long track record of standing up and fighting for their values, who will take those values into the White House. I'm not gonna be intimidated by the fossil fuel industry or the insurance industry. We're gonna fight for Medicare for all. We're gonna substantially lower prescription drug costs in this country. We're gonna expand social security, not cut it. We're gonna raise that minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. Those are fights that I have been waging with some success for many, many decades. So I think if you want somebody who you can trust, who has been there, who has taken on all of the powerful special interests, I hope Iowans will consider my candidacy. On the economic side of things, she has said that she is pushing for these big structural changes, but she considers herself a capitalist. You do not. So what is the difference between you two there economically? Well, I think... Look, this is what I think. Uh, I think that there is so much greed and so much corruption and so much power in the corporate elite so that when we talk about Wall Street, it's not just greed. They are corrupt. They have engaged in illegal behavior. That's why the economy crashed back in 2008. You talk about the drug companies today. It's not just that we pay by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. These guys are actively engaged in price fixing and collusion. Fossil fuel industry, they know and have known for decades that the product that they are producing is destroying the planet. They keep going. So if you are talking about real change in this country, which I am talking about, the only way that real change takes place is when millions of people stand up and fight for justice. That's the history of the labor movement the civil rights movement, the environmental movement, the women's movement. And what our campaign is not just about defeating Trump, the most dangerous president in American history, it is about taking on this corporate elite. And the only way I know we can successfully do that 
and why the message of our campaign is us, not me, is when millions of people, black and white and Latino, Asian American, Native American, gay, straight, immigrant, native born, when we stand up together. Of course, few things impact our view on the day-to-day -day more than our paychecks. When we come back, a new report that shows how challenging it is right now for employers to keep workers and the raises they now have to expect to offer for 2020. If you have a job, if you're looking for a job, if you're a boss, if you're a candidate making promises about how you'll make Iowa better, then you might be curious about what is inside this. Palmer Group surveyed Iowa employers about how many employees they expect to have in the coming year, how much they plan to bump up their paychecks, at what industries pay the most. So the short of this 2020 salary guide is this. It might be a good time to ask the boss for a good raise. <laughs> David Lido is the president of Palmer Group. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. All right, am I right there? Good time to ask for a raise? It is, yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'm doing a little light reading here of your yearly production. Um, let's go through a couple of the highlights if we can here. Sure. Essentially, the positive, if you're looking for a job here, is the majority of employers expect to hire more people next year. That is correct. Yeah, uh, the, of what we surveyed, at least 50% of the respondents are are expecting to add to staff next year, which is a really good, really good sign. And if you go all the way on the other end by your numbers here, you're only talking 3% of the people of the companies you're talking to are looking to reduce. I mean, that's a staggering difference here, right? What does that say? I think our economy has been strong and uh, we've seen that in the last number of years and uh, we're expecting more of the same for 2020. As you start looking ahead to next year, of course, you know, most people at the end of the day are looking for what's that paycheck going to look like every Correct. two weeks, right? Yep. And this is continuing a theme that you have laid out here that employers are expecting to pay their employees more and in some cases are pretty decent clip above the rate of inflation here, which is really the only way employees can gain here. And this kind of continues a trend here. Walk us through this. So uh, of what we surveyed, 62% uh, of our um, employers are expecting to give a 3 to 4% raise. And we've seen that over the last... So that's the sweet spot you're talking about That is the sweet here, spot, right? and that's been that case for uh, the last six years running. So um, I would tell employees to be realistic. Uh, 3 to 4% is, uh, is a fair number. Uh, but you have to know your employer situation and, and how the company is doing and how they profited uh, in the year prior as well uh, when you go in and talk to, talk to your boss about that reason. All right, so it's pretty comforting to hear this if you're the employee. Correct. If you're the employer, what does this mean? Take care of your people. Um, treat them right. It's not all about pay. Um, pay is certainly a, a factor in that, but uh, um, meaningful work, uh, having a great culture, workplace culture, uh, having an environment where employees want to be is it's far more important than just a salary. You, let's talk about you personally a little bit. Yeah. So you're, you're a Des Moines guy, you grew up here, went to UNI, you go off to Chicago to really get going in your career. Correct. Once you and your wife became parents, you mm -hmm. know, you, you saw the allure of coming back to Correct. Des Moines. But you are still, unfortunately for the state, you're still a story that doesn't happen often enough, right? We're not having enough kids here to really boost our population and we're not getting enough people to come from other states. What are you seeing employers doing to try to keep the employees they have happy and to potentially help recruit more? Um, so that's a, that's a good question. So uh, we are seeing more people want, wanting to come back uh, to Iowa, especially to central Iowa. Uh, the market here has been has been great. Uh, Des Moines is now cool. 
uh, and that, uh, that's a fun thing to, to sell. That changed um, while you were gone, didn't it? It did change while I was gone, <laughs> and it's gotten cooler since I've been here in 15 years. So, um, so we're seeing, seeing that. I think uh, what the cities are doing, what the, the Greater Point Partnership's doing, uh, has, has wanting, uh, people wanting to come back. Um, the things we read nationally talk about millennials in particular, but these younger workers, let's say 40 and under, just to broaden it a little bit, they have different expectations about their daily life on the job. But you're seeing things based on what you're finding out that perhaps that thinking is spreading a little bit to other age groups? Yeah, so uh, by 2025, 75% of the workforce is going to be millennials. Um, so now, currently, already they make up a majority of the workforce. Uh, what th we're seeing is is flexibility uh, in their schedules, uh, in, in the workplace environment, needing to run an errand or take care of a kid situation, uh, parental situation. Uh, so we're seeing employers in this market uh, become a lot more flexible with how, uh, how they manage uh, their employees day to day. Um, meaningful work uh, is more important than, than pay in a lot of situations. So employ employees want to know what they're doing makes a difference uh, in the lives of others in the community. Um, uh, people like to feel good about what they do and um, to do it every day. And are employers, are they prepared for this? You know, you go back when it was pretty easy to find employees. Did you really have to sit down when you're hiring somebody and explain the mission statement of the company and all that kind of thing? Or is it, here's what we're going to pay, take it or leave it? Are, are these employers prepared for, here's what we're all about, here's how it impacts you, here's how we're making a difference? Are they there yet? I would say a lot of them are getting there if they're not there already. Uh, there's still some that are behind and they need to catch up. All right, so you're having these broader conversations with all these employers. What are they coming to you with the most questions about as they look for a workforce? How are you going to find me people? I mean, that's just, uh, that's just the common, common theme over and over again. They need, need people. Uh, and so we're digging and, and scratching and, and fighting to get them uh, the people they need. Um, so we're seeing a lot of uh, employers that are hiring less experienced people uh, because that's what they have to do in order to fill the spot and they're training and, and developing them to be what they want. Uh, a couple of the highest in-demand careers or what that you're seeing? Anything technical, so IT, engineering, uh, accountants, uh, financial people, uh, big, big demand in the tech space, uh, digital uh, technical marketing, uh, anything with, with tech is, is hot, uh, but we're seeing demand all across the board from customer service uh, on up. So. All right, David Lito, appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Tony, salary guide, some good reading here. All right, so educating tomorrow's workforce could be essential, especially in Iowa, where we have that slow-growing population, right? When we come back, DMAX President Rob Denson is here with a new option to get a four-year degree while starting in community college. Plus, he has a little advice for all those political candidates traveling through our state. We'll talk to him next. Des Moines Area Community College leaders and the University of Northern Iowa are partnering on a new plan and it would make it easier for you to get a four-year degree without moving far from home. Joining us now to talk about it, Rob Denson, the president of DMAC, who just celebrated his 17th year on the job. It got, goes fast. Have you got it figured out yet? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I, when I was a lawyer, I was always practicing law. So I think it's similar to be a college president. It's one day at a time. All right, fair enough. Where did this idea come with you and I? Because it, it is unique in our state, right? Well, we are the largest uh, community college with a, in the most diverse student body on our urban campus. We're 52% diversity. Uh, so we were interested in bringing a partner onto campus to lease space from us to actually deliver the last two years of a four-year degree. Many of our students, uh, they're relatively place-bound because of families, jobs, whatever, 
we now provide free DART transportation by bus so they can easily get to and from their home to our campuses for education. So we wanted it to be a one-stop location where they could actually finish the four-year degree right there. Uh, so it's been very exciting. So you do the, your first two years on campus there and then you just kind of flip you become a UNI student that third year right basically? right on the DMAC campus so two years with us get your associate's degree and then you become a D UNI student for the last two years I'm curious what you make about the national conversation we have going on about education you obviously have some Democrats out there saying hey we ought to make community college at least tuition free maybe even four-year. How does that conversation impact your future? Well, uh, we're, of course, we're looking at it. We're, we're very business-driven. We, we go on an ROI. Uh, we have a relatively small amount of state funding. It's very important to us. Our students at uh, Des Moines Area Community College and most community colleges in Iowa pay over half the co operating cost of our institutions. Uh, so we're looking for anything that can help our students get through. Uh, we always say there are a lot more low-income students than there are high-income students, so we need to make sure that they have the ability, with federal grants, et cetera, to be able to access a quality education without going into significant debt. But one thing I noticed with you, unlike some other leaders in education, I don't hear you coming on here saying the government's got to give us more money, we need more help. Why don't you do that? Well, I believe that it's important for everybody to have skin in the game. Uh, if, you, if you invest, of course, you're going to invest your time. Uh, with the federal government, the Pell dollars are about $6,800 for those that get max Pell. So we're able to really put together a quality, a very high quality education for a very low price. Uh, so the quality is the same, the price is lower. So you generally students just need 1000 or 1500 to help cover the gap between what their life issues and the education and then to move on. So uh, I, don't think, I don't think it needs to be free, uh, but I think it needs to be affordable. Earlier in the show, we looked ahead at what the forecast is for across the state when you're looking at employers trying to find employees and what they have to pay them. What, what kind of, what's, what do you, where are you really feeling the demand from students saying this is what we want to learn? Oh, I tell you, we've got about 50 different areas, healthcare, you know, high demand in healthcare, advanced manufacturing, welders, IT is just going uh, crazy, cybersecurity. Uh, we're doing a lot in those areas in wind energy. We've got a great agriculture program. So most of our programs are full. We can always expand, add more cohorts, uh, but we're getting a lot of interest from students. And the Governor's Future Ready Iowa Last Dollar Scholarship Program, where it actually funds whatever the gap there is between grants and our costs, has been, it's worked. You know, there are 50 jobs that Iowa Workforce Development has, has identified as high demand. We have 1,055 students this year that will draw down $2.3 million in state aid to help them cover that gap in their tuition cost. Uh, and those are all in high demand fields. 82% of the 1,055 are over the age of 20. So we're really, getting that, we're really trying to get to that older group that needs to either, uh, most of them have a job or had a job, we, we need to get them reemployed or help them get into better jobs that can make better incomes. And right now, these middle-skilled jobs pay well. And we only have about a half a minute left. You've been on the job long enough. How do you compare the demand, the interest in going to college when we were in, a, in the Great Recession, for example, now when the economy is humming along? Uh, community colleges go up in recessions, down in recovery. From 2008 to 2012, DMAC grew 45% in enrollment. From 2012 to 2017, we dropped 8%. So really, we didn't drop all that much. But since 17, we were up a point or a percent and a half our first year. And last year, we were up about a half a percent. This year, we're flat. 
so we, we're tracking the economy very well. So a lot of our, the, a lot of the students that would be coming to us are now at work. All right. When we come back here, we want to put him on the spot. We've got a song request, a question that he would ask, and the feel behind one of those big rigs. We'll do that all in the Insider's Quick Fix next. Time for the Insider's Quick Six. All right, Mr. President, question one. How will you know when this country has made education a priority? Wow. Uh, I think when we really start to fund preschool education, uh, because the, the start that these young people get is critical. So if they can show up for kindergarten, ready for kindergarten, and then we have the right number of counselors and support while the students are in kindergarten through 12th grade, and they're ready to come out college and career ready, then we'll know. Question two, you've said you've admired Warren Buffett. So if you get to ask him a question, what would it be? How has he been able to stay so humble in such a, a, a high pressure environment that he is in? Question three, you love Reba McIntyre. If she came to the house and she'd sing one song for you and your wife, what would it be? Actually, I've moved on to Bruno Mars. Uptown Funk is now my, uh, is now my song. Uh, uh, all right, there we go. Question four, speaking of your wife, it, ain't, it won't be long before you and she celebrate 50 years. You got a couple years to go here, right? Next year, next year. Uh, what's the secret? Well, treat it like a job. I mean, it is as important as anything that we're going to do. Uh, communicate well, support each other, uh, and then love your children. And a little Bruno Mars, apparently. <laughs> Question five, uh, we see you all the time driving in parades and everything behind one of those big rigs. What does the feel like to get your hands on that wheel? I tell you, the technology is just so exciting. I, I grew up driving a truck uh, and then a semi to work my way through college. Uh, it's, it, it's the gears, it's the location, being able to see the road, and of course it's got to be the horn. Uh, but no, it, it's just a great feeling and, and Harrison Trucking's been a great partner. I'm now on my 19th semi. I'll pick up my 20th one next year and I love doing parades. It's just fun to promote DMAC and all the parades all throughout Central Iowa. I need a quick prediction. I predict that the governor partnering with Iowa Community Colleges will reach her goal by 2025 to have 70% of Iowans with a credential. Mr. President, appreciate the time. Thank you. Good to see Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week.
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.